0: Wow. After last night's game, the New York Giants have fired their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Um, I watched that game. So just if you're not aware, Monday Night Football is now on ESPN. But if you turn on and have access to ESPN2, it's the Manning brothers. It's Eli and Peyton Manning and guests and they watch the football game as if they're friends, and they have conversations with people who jump in and out. Uh, they had Bill Belichick in the first quarter last night of the uh, Buccaneers-Giants game, and they have guests throughout the entire four quarters of the football game, and then uh, when they don't have guests, they're there watching the game as two people who have been in the NFL, and they're explaining uh, what they're doing, how what the teams are doing, what the teams are thinking. The third quarter last night. Condoleezza Rice joined Peyton and Eli for the game. And for those of you who don't know about Condoleezza Rice, she wasn't just the Secretary of State and the National Security Advisor. Condoleezza Rice is a diehard militant football fan. She is a Notre Dame and Alabama fan. Uh, It was probably a good thing that uh, Philip was on his cruise. She, he did not get to hear her trash talking Tennessee to Peyton Manning, but she, it was amazing. They were for the third quarter talking to Condoleezza Rice. I wish it had lasted longer because she's watching the game and she's analyzing the plays and she's saying, here's what they should do. And, and inevitably, they would do what she wanted. Uh, one of the cool things, if you watch Tony Romo uh, comment on football, is he can tell you what they're going to do and what's going to happen. And he is probably the best paid commenter on football on television. And Condoleezza Rice gave him a, a run for his money last night. It, it was It was so amazing. To have her there, she made a point, actually, I know will be controversial with some people that she would love to see more women uh, in the coaching staff that you can understand the game and love the game without having played the game. And she sure proved it in the way she could analyze the play. And she was very adamant. No one should just walk in and being a an head coach. Uh, but if you need a defensive coordinator and offense coordinator, uh, she is uh, she thinks that women who have a deep knowledge of the game, even if they haven't played, would be capable of it. And, and she, I think she proved it proved her point last night in the way she was calling the game. But regardless of that, this concept on ESPN2, you can watch the game with the professional uh, ESPN commentating crew on ESPN who lets you watch the game. They comment on the play-by-play. Uh, very briefly, you can see the the instant replays, the zoom-ins, and the like. Or you can watch it on ESPN2 with Peyton and Eli, And they don't have the the zoom cams. They don't have the replays for the most part. But they comment on it uh, with a deep level of both love of the game and an understanding of the game, a connection to a lot of the players who are still playing, and then they bring on guests to watch it with them. And I love that concept. I think it's great. I, I love to watch a football game. But to have them commenting on it in real time was interesting. And of course, last night because Eli Manning had been with the Giants, uh, was cheering on the Giants. Uh, it was it was good. It was kind of funny at one point. Um, Peyton Manning asked Condoleezza Rice, Condi, what do you what do you uh, have you ever seen someone on television commenting on a football game who clearly was taking sides in the game? <laughs> And she says, "Well, he played for the Giants once. A Giant, always a Giant." And at which point, uh, Eli Manning chimes in and says, "Yeah, uh, my brother. He was. Uh, he played for this team, and then he played for that team, and and then he wanted to work for another team, and and he just roots for for everybody and, and bets against all of them." <laughs> It was, it was very funny to watch. Um, I, I, I think ESPN making a creative ability to watch a football game. There are a lot of people who, who vented about it and said, Oh, they, they talk too much. They don't pay enough attention to the game. Well, you go over to ESPN to watch that. You watch ESPN 2 to get the deep inside of the, of the Manning brothers. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is eight, seven, seven, nine, seven, Eric, eight, seven, seven, nine, seven, three, seven, four, two, five. Let's go to Zach. Who's been waiting very patiently. Zach, welcome to the program. Hey, what's up, man. How are you? Pretty good. first time I've ever talked to you, but, uh, I've heard your show a lot. so. We'll appreciate it. Yeah, man. I got a question for you. Okay. I heard something on a different radio station earlier today. What do you think about the governor signing the bill for, um, legalizing truck drivers to lower the age from 21 plus to 18 to 20
1: in the state of Georgia?
0: Um, I, I, now it hasn't, I think it's been filed. There's one that's been filed by a state legislator for this coming year, but there hasn't been one that's been passed to my knowledge.
1: I'm curious, is that actually going to be a good idea? Because we have a lot of negligence of people that are 18 years old to 20 years old.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I I don't know. Part of the problem is that uh, we do have a, we've got a shortage of truck drivers in the country. The Biden administration in their uh, Build Back Better program wants to add money to essentially pay women to become truck drivers. Um, I, there is a consideration at the federal level to lower the age to 18. Uh, they did not put it in the Build Back Better plan, uh, but they certainly looked at it to try to to figure out if they should change some regulations. At various state levels, there are states that are trying it. The problem is that, is, let's just say, if you did it in Georgia, for example, in Georgia, because it is an interstate uh, commerce issue, if you had a truck driver in Georgia who was 18 with a CDL, he could only stay in the state of Georgia. He couldn't cross state lines. Um And that's, I know it's a proposal in the state legislature uh, that has been pre-filed in Georgia for this upcoming General Assembly session. Uh, The governor hasn't taken a position on it. My suspicion is it's probably not going to go anywhere because uh, it would raise overall insurance rates in the state for truck driving if they were to do that. So probably going to be dead on arrival uh, if they actually did it. Uh, I will say, however, that there are some proposals out there to start expanding training for potential truck drivers uh, at the um, at the um, at the eighteen year old level um, to expand training in various vocational programs in the state of Georgia because there certainly is a shortage of truck drivers and frankly uh, truck drivers are making really good. Uh, money right now, and so the more we have, the better off I think they will probably the the whole sh- uh, shipping and, and shortage supply crisis will be better off. Uh, let's go back to the phones, David. You're going to be up next. Welcome.
1: Good afternoon, Eric. How's it going, buddy? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, you were talking about the Democrats kind of being at broad bottom, and and some of the reasons that they're there. I, I haven't sat in on the pro focus groups, but just from a you know, a psychological and relationship perspective, it's easy to predict. We actually changed from a president who was tweeting about and involved in and taking credit for everything to one who seems to not be involved in anything. And, And ultimately in relationships, that's how it works, right? You get divorced from the person that talks too much and you quickly get remarried to the person that doesn't say anything. And in the end, you hate them just as much as you did the previous.
0: You know what, this, 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 this uh, you know what I'm 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 gonna hang up my hat here. I'm gonna leave your phone on for the next hour and a half, and this is gonna be the <laughs> David show. Because I mean, I, I don't think I can top that analysis.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's, but we all see it, right? Yeah. I mean, it. We've had yep. friends who went through it. And, yep. You know, they get the, their, their spouse dies, and mm-hmm. they hated the fact that she was was disengaged. Okay, the next one is a doter. And he hates her worse because she's always underneath it. You know I mean? It, it works that way. And we're, we're politically seeing the result. Well, right? I, I, you, you I, I will say. You got the person that's completely opposite of what you had.
0: I, I, I hope to never, never get divorced. Um, but I, I do totally understand what you're saying. Uh, That that makes sense. In fact, uh, now listen to this. And, and let me let you go there. But listen, this gets into the problem the Democrats are having. So there was a big focus group in Virginia of Biden voters who voted for Glenn Youngkin. And the data for the Democrats is bad in every way, shape, and form. Voters don't buy that every Republican is Donald Trump, so that attack isn't going to work. And voters don't know what Democrats have done. But there's something underlying all of the focus groups. It's underlying all the poll. It explains all the polling. And it gets to the point David the caller was making going from trump to biden why did voters choose joe biden because they thought joe biden cared more and was not mean the problem for joe biden is summed up in one word afghanistan joe biden the way he left afghanistan made a lot of americans realize he was not as empathetic as they presumed nor was he as competent as they presumed and the the one two punch of having no empathy and being inept or incompetent has left a lingering taste in voters' mouths that is negative towards biden now let me put it to you this way just just so you better explain you better understand it Everything that Joe Biden does good now is presumed by voters to be the exception. And the rule is that he is incompetent and uncaring. He comes across as mean to voters now. And they thought, my gosh, we got rid of the guy who was the mean tweeter for something more normal. And this isn't normal. We can't get out of COVID. His government's bullying us. They're doing things we don't like. They bungled Afghanistan. They surrendered to the very people who organized 9-11 20 years after the fact. He wanted to coincide it for that. The whole thing is just, it's left a terrible taste in voters' mouths. And the Democrats can't get beyond it. And the Democrats can't get beyond it because the Democrats are too busy fighting with each other. Voters, for example, in the Build Back Better plan, you know what the voters like in abstract, not in practice, but in abstract? Voters like the forgiveness of student loans, and they like free tuition for college. But you know what? The Democrats have taken that out of Bill Back Better. It's not actually there. The voters think maybe it is. The voters in abstract do not care about roads and bridges. They don't care about it. They care about the fact that they can't fill up their car to get on the roads and bridges, and the Democrats aren't doing anything to make that better. The voters fundamentally are angry with the Democratic Party. The voters fundamentally are at odds with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party allegedly has the issues and policy positions the voters agree with, but the voters actually don't know what the Democrats stand for. They don't know what the Democrats stand for, and to the extent they do, they don't like it because the loudest voices in the Democratic Party are the progressive voices. The man who ran over the people at the Kenosha, Wisconsin Christmas Parade jumped bail and still made bond, a low bond. The district attorney is outraged by how low it was given that he was going to jail for running over his wife at a gas station or at least his his girlfriend. That happened on Sunday. The day after, on Monday... The 22nd of November, the day after that attack, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ayanna Pressley, and uh, the rest of the squad are calling for bail reform to lower bail and get rid of cash bail. The day after that guy was able to get out, on too low a bail. They want to end cash bail. They want to end a bond. They want to just let people out until they're facing court. They do not want to keep people in jail pending trial. They want a federal law that does that. You will notice that the National Press Corps has tried very hard to not cover that story because it plays into just how out of touch the Democrats are in a crime wave. Voters don't like the Democrats. They don't much care for the Republicans, but they think the Republicans culturally relate better to them than the Democrats. You know, the Fairfax County school system in Virginia banned a number of books parents thought were uh, insensitive or pornographic. They are announcing today they're bringing all those books back. They made a big deal about it in the run up to the election that they were getting rid of these books to placate the parents. Now that the election's over and it did not go for Terry McAuliffe, the school system is now reimposing those books, putting those books back in the library. The Democratic Party is out of touch with the American people. The Democrats lack empathy. Let me read you a story from the Washington Free Beacon that's just hitting the air or hitting the the wire service. The Department of Education wants to roll back a Trump-era effort to collect data on -on teacher-on-student sex crimes. The Department's Office of Civil Rights will not ask school districts questions regarding teacher-on-student sexual assault allegations as part of its 2021-2022 civil rights data collection proposed Thursday. The Education Department will still ask districts to report documented cases of rape and sexual assault, but it will not ask school officials to report allegations that resulted in the resignation or retirement of the accused. Former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos added those optional questions. The Department won't ask districts to report pending cases or cases in which a school staffer was reassigned to another district prior to the conclusion of an investigation. They're walking back the things designed to keep kids safe in schools because the teachers' unions have demanded it. They're making kids wear masks still because the teachers' unions demanded it. In New York City today, it's in the 30s, and they're making the kids in school eat outside for lunch. Everything the Democrats are doing is now seen through the lens of Afghanistan. And in Afghanistan, after 20 years, for no reason that made any sense, Joe Biden decided we needed to pack up and leave everything, abandon our military installations, abandon our allies, and even abandon American citizens who couldn't get out. They did it. It was deeply chaotic. We left a lot of Americans behind. They have continuously been dishonest about the number of Americans left behind, and they thought with it out of the media, with it out off the airwaves, with it out of the headlines, Americans would forget about it. But if you understand how Americans saw the Afghan retreat, it is foundational to everything now happening to the Democrats. Because the default now for the American public is that Joe Biden is not empathetic to their plight, lacks compassion, and is incompetent. Every time something good happens now to the Biden administration, it's presumed to be a fluke. And as long as gas prices go up and inflation goes up and and costs go up for groceries and we don't get through the pandemic and more waves of the virus happen, people continue to look on Joe Biden, the man who promised to get us through COVID and back to normal as a man who can't deliver on what he promised because he lacks compassion and he lacks competence. And that now permeates through the Democratic Party and the polling. Voters in Virginia who voted for Joe Biden and for Glenn Youngkin sat down in a focus group with Democratic pollsters, Joe Biden's Democratic pollster. And the voters in the focus groups told the pollster for Joe Biden, they don't know what the Democrats stand for and they really don't care because the Democrats don't care about them and are hostile to their culture and values. You can't fix that with public policy. You certainly can't fix it when the loudest voices in the Democratic coalition are saying, let's let everybody out of jail right now. It doesn't end well for the Democrats in November. In fact, according to one person, a prominent strategist for the Democrats in a private briefing to donors who were excited they were finally able to pass the infrastructure plan, the prominent Democratic strategist told them it wasn't enough. It wasn't soon enough, and we're effed next year. He didn't say effed. He said the real word, and he's right. Now... You don't want to be that way for, for the, the holiday season. You want to be warm and comfy in your house without a massive power bill. That's inflation goes up and power bills go up. You can get the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. Uh, it's a heater and a cooler. It's got a great fan on it. It circulates warm air. It can heat up a 1,000 square feet very efficiently so that you are not having massive power bills uh, this winter season. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. And you'll see my name, Eric Erickson. You click on my name, you'll see the Gen 40 heater, cooler. You know, you don't have to put this thing up at wintertime when winter's over because it has a great fan on it. You can use it all year round. So you put it in your cart, and at checkout, you will see a discount code box. And you put in the magic word, the magic phrase, Eric Heater. Now, there's no space there. It's just Eric Heater, E-R-I-C-K, and the word heater. And you will get $20 off the lowest sale price and you will get free shipping. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, put the heater, uh, Gen 40 heater in your cart, check out, you use the discount code EricHeater, save $20 off the lowest price, and save on your power bills, and get free shipping. Oh my gosh, I love the predictability of the people who email in Biden didn't win. Stop saying he won. He lost. It was stolen. Oh, my gosh. It is as predictable as the sun coming up. Um, My goodness gracious. All right. Uh, The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of this here program. Uh, When we come back, I actually want to talk about a story out of Georgia with serious national implications. Buckhead, uh, the northern portion of the city of Atlanta, uh, members of the state legislature in Georgia have pre-filed legislation to allow the creation of the city of Buckhead. Now, there's already a Buckhead, Georgia. So I guess we'll go from Buckhead and we'll have Buckhead City. Um, there's there's a town in Georgia, beautiful, beautiful part of the state. It's a very small town called Buckhead. Uh, it is near Lake Oconee in Georgia. Well, Buckhead, the financial center of Atlanta wants to, well, some of them want to break away. There are real implications, but it's part of a larger trend of suburban portions of cities that feel like they're being disrespected by the city center and by the politicians. And in particular, as those cities try to find affordable housing and apartments for the poor And they've chosen to integrate the neighborhoods of the wealthy with the poor. Uh, The the wealthy people who live there are having none of it. They, They don't want anything to do with it. And here's the problem. They don't want to have anything to do with it because they know that statistically what's going to happen is it will lower their property values and bring in crime. And yet they're being accused of racism even though they have legitimate concerns the Democratic Party coalition has become so focused on race and racism that they can't actually honestly engage on the issue. They are convinced of, of some level of mythologizing going on. Listen to Nicole Hannah-Jones.
1: So every single essay in the book really makes these uh, modern connections. And what we hope is uh, slavery has influenced our society in so many ways, but we've really invisibilized that. We, we've lost that, that connection and understanding. And what I argue um, for the project is, the narrative of 1776 does not explain uh, the insurrection on the Capitol in January. It doesn't explain George Floyd and why a white police officer could feel that he could kill a man in front of witnesses and would not have to worry about facing any consequences. And it certainly uh, doesn't explain why we have a political party right now that is uh, trying to instate minority rule. That is the legacy of 1619.
0: She's mythologizing, trying to build a world, trying to to narrativize American history instead of dealing with it factually. So what the Democrats are doing to their detriment and you thought these last two years were crazy welcome to 2022 it's coming up and nothing makes sense still especially in business if you're a small business owner good luck getting financing from a big bank right now i can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business